Thank you for joining us for the Ravenswood Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor Dustin Moore. We are a Bible-believing, grace-driven church located on the north side of Chicago. As a church, we are passionate about making disciples of all people for the glory of God. If you would like more information about our ministry, visit ravenswoodbaptist.org. Now, here's Pastor Dustin. I invite you to join me this morning for the next few moments. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, I like to preach a message on Mother's Day to tell all the moms what they should be doing, but then on Father's Day, I just skip right over that one. Just kidding, y'all missed that joke. The complexities, as I've referenced already, on a day like Mother's Day are very real. Because we live in a fallen world, because sin is present and rampant, the hurts and the trauma, the sadness, even the gratitude and joy that is connected to a day like this are wide-ranging. It's why within the body of Christ, it's very important that we know one another. We know how to encourage somebody today who might need encouragement. We rejoice with some. I take into account, as I prayed already, in response to the wide-ranging scenarios and life situations in this room, I take that into account and carefully move forward today uh, in this message. And I want to, if I may, I want to bring a message on biblical motherhood. As we do honor the moms today, knowing that this isn't one of the holidays that the church historically has been celebrating. The church has not historically been celebrating Mother's Day. Uh, But by the example of Jesus Christ on the cross and the manner in which in his Death, Christ honors his mom, along with the biblical command that we have both in Old and New Testament to honor both father and mother. I think a day like today is important. I think it's a good moment for us as a church. It's a good moment for us to stop and to just center down a little bit on biblical motherhood. As the fabric of our culture continues in its moral decline, It's imperative, I think, that Bible-believing Christians center their view and their expectations of motherhood allowing on the Bible and allow the gospel of Jesus Christ to empower and shape their course as a mom. Every culture communicates its values through story. Unlike what has been portrayed through shows and series and movies, often about dads, I applaud our culture in many respects for how they continue to highlight and honor the role of moms. If you were to watch a sports show game today, somebody at the end of an interview will thank their mom. And although the story that our culture tells regarding women can often be confusing and severely misguided as far as Scripture is concerned, I'm thankful that there's still a desire to notice the work of motherhood. And I pray that that continues. Now, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. I've never been a mom, nor have I played one on TV. But I'm married to one, and I was raised by one. I've had many conversations throughout over 15 years now, vocational pastoral ministry, with moms and ladies, with single moms, A lot of times, moms of teenagers, 
What I've learned through conversation is how much often in the life of a lady uh, who is um, who's pregnant with child that there's been a contemplation, not just in that moment, but a contemplation about motherhood for so much of her life. I understand that these kinds of thoughts about motherhood happen in the hearts of many young girls, teenagers, single, married ladies. It's a dream for many young ladies to be a mom. They think about it. They wonder what kind of mom they'll be. And I think every lady with that desire in her heart desires and thinks that, boy, I just want to be, I want to, whenever the Lord gives me that chance, I want to be a great mom. I want to be a legendary mom. Now back to culture for a moment. Culture, in fact, every culture, puts pressure on us through various avenues to be more than ordinary. To be more than ordinary. There's a pressure to be more than average. To be more than regular. But the truth is, it's not just our culture. It's actually an inner story that we believe because of the image of God planted on us. And it's planted within us by the kindness of our Creator to look, to find and to be heroes and to be heroic. We want to be heroes. We look inside of ourselves. We try to find a hero. The temptation for us is to put an incredible pressure on us to be this legendary, if I could say, ladies, superhero kind of a mom. And dads do the same. We're guilty as well. And deep down, every mom wants to be a legendary mom, and because I've not been a mom or played a mom, I'm not here to tell you how I found you could be a legendary mom. And the truth is, sometimes when I say this, we might think that I'm anti-caring and loving and anti-us trying hard. That's not at all what I'm saying. I think it's noble and wonderful and virtuous and glorious that moms love and serve their children they go way above and beyond to provide love, nurture, care, provide for needs. But I know this because of my close interaction with moms on occasion. That if we're not careful, we take an unnecessary pressure when it comes to motherhood and in parenting. That truly, God never intended for us to bear. You see, moms, may I just say to you, so much of your child's life is beyond your control. So much is beyond your control. There's only so much available to you. And to live with pressure to be everything to your child is simply unbearable. What I'd like to present to you this morning is a biblical picture of what I encourage today as what a legendary mom might look like. I'm going to be honest with you. What I'm going to share with you this morning looks nothing like what you would hear outside of these four walls. May not hear what you're going to see. It may not be what you're going to see on social media. It may not be what you're going to find on blogs. And that is because the scriptures in every culture that they interact with, they contradict 
the idols of that culture. The scripture contradicts the cultural idols. Here's the simple crux for today's message. If I could summarize it in one statement, you wish I would at some point here, just say one statement, we all go home. If you today want to be a legendary mom, ladies, be a faithful mom. If you want to be legendary, be faithful to the Lord. There's a lady in the Bible who is named one time. She's referenced another time, but in that moment, we don't even get her name. We're just told that she is a certain woman. It'd be like in our culture of saying, hey, you. (laughs) She gets very little fanfare. In fact, you may never have heard of her. But the truth is, she'd be okay with that. You would only know her name because the Apostle Paul mentions her to her son. Her son is a pastor, but that wasn't necessarily what she was pursuing as a mom. You see, for this lady, in not pursuing being legendary, she ended up being just that. You see, when Paul spoke of the faith, the faith of a pastor, a young pastor named Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he gave credit to those who had influenced Timothy long before this moment, and the two people that he named was Timothy's mother, Eunice, and her grandmother, or his grandmother, Lois. Timothy is one of the most central human figures in the early church. He traveled with the Apostle Paul, preaching and establishing churches. He witnessed Paul and Silas being beaten and imprisoned in Philippi. He saw great numbers come to Christ all around the known world. He was an immensely loyal friend to the Apostle Paul. He was present when Paul wrote the New Testament books of Romans and 1st and 2nd Corinthians and Philippians and Colossians and both of the letters to the church at Thessalonica. The book of Hebrews in chapter 13 tells us in verse 23 that at one point he was in prison. Timothy was a faithful defender of the faith against heresy and his character. This young man's character set a godly example for all who followed him. And when Paul the Apostle considers what made Timothy suited for pastoral ministry in one of the most difficult cities in the, in the New York, Chicago, L.A. of this culture, a city called Ephesus, when Timothy came to pastor in that city, Paul did not consider his intellect He didn't consider his education. He didn't didn't see him as connected to a dad that had brought Timothy up the, the ladder of society. Scripture highlighted Timothy's privilege in what had prepared him to be a pastor. And that was the faith of his mom and his grandmother. I bring this message today in the hopes of encouraging Christian women and especially Christian moms on what Scripture accounts as what it means to be a legendary mom. To, in the grand scheme of this life and eternity, 
what it means to be a legendary mom in eternity. The kind of legendary motherhood that outlives you. I want to present to you a simple picture of a simple lady named Eunice. I want you to see today, I just want to give you three attributes from Eunice. A legendary mother. And then, I want to give you a gospel application that I hope will give you the freedom to walk and journey your course as a mom. Number one, from this lady, a legendary mother believes on Christ. A legendary mother believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. At the end of Acts chapter 15, the Apostle Paul and his ministry companion, a man named Barnabas. Now Barnabas is one of those guys that he's an encourager. I mean, Barnabas is one of those guys that even his criticism is happily encouraging. Right? He's that guy that says, hey, you don't look so great today, but I love you anyway. Right? He's one of those kind of people. I mean, Barnabas is not interested in an argument. And there, after one of the most glorious moments in the early church in Acts chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas, his ministry, these ministry, this ministry team, they have a falling out. And so what happens is, is Paul takes another guy named Silas. They head north into Syria. We're going to put a map up here. I love maps. If you're a part of our church, you know I love maps. This is the, a, a map of Paul's second missionary journey. And there you can see down here that it begins at the city of Jerusalem and they go north. Barnabas takes a guy named John Mark and they go a different direction. But Paul takes Silas and they leave Jerusalem and they go up north. There's Antioch of Syria. Then they go up here to Tarshish, and they come over here to this region. This is the region of Galatia. I told Cilicia back there, don't be prideful because your name is on the map. All right, you, see, you remind her on, after church today. But, I mean, I just wish somebody in here was named Tarshish. If you're here and you're named Tarshish, God bless you. Or Derby. Uh, but, Cilicia, don't be embarrassed. It's okay. Um, but Paul goes up north, and he goes to the, this region. It's the region of Galatia. And there in that region, you find these three cities. It's, it's the city of Derby, it's the city of Lystra, and it's the city of Iconium. We find Paul going into that region after he has a falling out with Barnabas. If it was not for that falling out, Paul probably would not have gone in that direction. It's, it's amazing what happens when we, when we find and look at, at what God does in the spider web of our life sometimes, and we can trace his hand in all this. But there, there in Acts chapter 16, in the city of Lystra, Paul meets a disciple. Notice the text of Acts chapter 16. This is our first introduction to this family. We find these words, he came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy. This man was a son of a certain woman. It's a Jewess, but, he, and, and, but she believed, but his father was a Greek. Now, Timothy, or Timotheus, which is his Greek name, the son of a certain woman. This son of a Jewish woman was a, a believer. The son, the son, Timothy, was his mother was Jewish, but she was a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Timothy's father, we're told here, it specifically said that he was a Greek. Now, there's two things to know about this. Number one, he's simply not Jewish. He's a Gentile. At the very least, he could have been from the country of Greece, but that's one of the New Testament ways of saying he's a Gentile man. But also the language of was means, and we find from verse 3 of that same chapter, that 
good, likely, good possibility and the likelihood is that this man, Timothy's father, was deceased. And so we find by the way Paul talks here, or by, by the way Luke talks and by the way Paul talks in, first, in 2 Timothy about Timothy's family is that Timothy was raised more than likely by his mother and his grandmother. Maybe you would say this would be an encouragement to a single mom in here. Feels like you're trying to do it all. And I just tell you, God is at work in your life in these moments. Here we learn, without learning her name, that Timothy was raised by this woman. She's Jewish in descent, but at some point she had married outside of the Jewish faith and had married this man who was told here to be a Greek and but she had at some point, she had come to Christ in faith. Now, we don't know exactly when that point was, but let me just kind of tell you something pretty awesome about this, and that is back on Paul's first missionary journey, he was with Barnabas, and he had gone to these same cities of Lystra and Derby. Acts chapter 14, two chapters earlier, says this, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and unto the region that lieth round about, and there, and there, they preached the gospel. So two chapters earlier, they are preaching the gospel in this region. And lo and behold, in chapter 16, we find that this woman is a Christian. Good possibility she was saved through the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Paul preached that Christ had died according to the scripture, was buried, rose again. She had placed her faith in Jesus as her Redeemer as her Messiah. And there, this Eunice and Timothy, along with Lois, Timothy's grandmother, had trusted Christ. Now, it was there that this woman believed. She believed, as Romans chapter 10 says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so, we find that a legendary mom her whole story starts, according to the Scriptures, on her faith in Jesus Christ. I ask you this morning, as I've asked a couple times already, do you know Christ as your Savior? You're here this morning. Maybe you didn't expect yourself to be in church on Mother's Day. Maybe you fully expected to be in church. I ask you, have you placed your faith in Jesus for the salvation from your sins and the punishment of those sins. This is how it all started for Eunice. You see, she was a Jewish woman looking for the Messiah. And she heard the message of the gospel that Christ died for her sins. And that he was buried and that he, raised, he was raised again three days later. And that he was the Jewish Messiah. And she placed her faith in Christ. Legendary mom. Believes on Christ. Second statement. We find about this, this Eunice that a legendary mother has a sincere faith. A legendary mother has a sincere faith. If you're in 2 Timothy 1, I want you to look there with me at the text. And for time, I'll just read verse 5. We find these words. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, 
and I am persuaded that in thee also. The construct of this verse is that Paul commends the faith that is in Timothy. That's what he's doing here. He's commending the faith that is in Timothy. He calls it an unfeigned faith. Now, unfeigned, that word unfeigned is an old English word that we don't use much. To feign would be to fake or to pretend to be affected by something. If you were to feign someone, you fool them. Paul says that Eunice and Lois had faith that was not faked. They didn't pretend, if you would, they didn't pretend to be affected by Jesus. And Timothy saw that. And Paul said it was in Timothy as well. Now let me just say, moms and dads, our children know when we pretend to be affected by Jesus. They know. You can pretend to be affected by Jesus until hardship comes. You can pretend until sickness comes. You can pretend until the pressure of this life comes. Pretending is easy until life gets hard. But a faith that is trusted is a faith that is tested. And through the trials of life, moms and dads, especially to the moms on Mother's Day, I say to you, it is life that tests your faith in Jesus Christ. It is life and the difficulties of this life that help you to see what it means to have a faith that is tested, that can be seen by your children as a sincere faith, as an unfeigned faith. For Eunice and Lois, now you got to understand, they couldn't pretend to be affected by Jesus when Christianity was against the law in the Roman Empire. They couldn't pretend to be affected by Jesus. Paul said, Timothy, you have a sincere faith. You have an unfeigned faith. And it's the same kind of sincerity in your faith that when I met your mom in Lystra and when I met your grandmother in Lystra, it was the same sincere faith that I saw in them. Can I say, moms, can I just encourage you? That your faith in Jesus Christ is a means by which God forms the spiritual life of your children. Don't miss that. The message I preached today for 30 to 35 minutes, um, maybe 45 or 50 or whatever it is, on a Sunday is so minuscule, mom, to the message you will preach tomorrow morning in your home. The sincere unfeigned faith of a mom is one of the means by which God sanctifies and molds children into his image. I may stand each Sunday. Somebody may stand and be the preacher or to proclaim God's words to ears this morning, both young and old. But mom, your faith will prove itself to your children on the battleground of life and your children will be there to witness it all. And Timothy, Pastor Timothy, one of the greatest Christians of the early church as we know him, stands there because of the sincere, unfeigned faith of his mother. And I encourage you, by God's grace, that your sincere faith is having a transforming work in your child, even when 
all you can do is keep those kids breathing. And you don't know how you can make it through another day. And you feel like you fail. And you feel like it's, it's a war and a battlefield in your home every day. I want to encourage you to keep walking forward in sincere faith by the grace of Almighty God. Because God is using that in, your li- in the lives of your children. I'm reminded today of two famous quotes from two famous preachers. One was a man named John Wesley who said, I learned more about Christianity from my mother than all the theologians in England. I learned more about Christianity from my mother, he said, than all of the theologians in England. And can I tell you, Mom, you may not have ever been trained in, 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 in seminary or been trained in formal Bible education, but your unfeigned, sincere faith, God is using it. Don't think ill or lowly of it. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers ever, said, I am sure that in my early youth, no teaching ever made such an impression upon my mind as the instruction of my mother. As the instruction, you know, I could, today I could preach, and there's children here that are listening, trying to listen, doing their best to listen, and they hear me, and they hear me, and they hear me, and downstairs at kids' church they hear me, can I say, Mom, it's the words that you say that will have more of a lasting impact on your child than the majority of what I'll ever say. And when Paul sees life, when he sees in Timothy's life this perseverance against the attacks of the devil, he remembers Eunice and Lois. When he sees praying Timothy, he remembers praying Eunice. When he sees word-centered Timothy, he remembers word-centered Eunice. When he sees compassionate Pastor Timothy, he remembers compassionate Eunice. When Paul looks at Timothy's faithful life, he remembers the faithful life of Eunice. And moms, by the kindness of God, Your testimony of faithfulness can and will impact your children, even if you don't see it in your lifetime. And I encourage you today, I encourage you to keep going, to keep studying the Word, to keep being a woman of prayer, to keep being faithful to the Scriptures and to the the body of Christ. Keep doing the simple things that your children see you doing, like donating candy for Easter eggs. It's the simple things that you do every single day for the glory of God. It's the simple meals that you form. It's the, it's the tucking your children in bed and the, the, the moments of blessing and prayer and that evening liturgy that you have with your family. It's the simple things that show your children your unfeigned, sincere faith. Even if you're here today go say, and you say, Dustin, I don't have a big faith. Your children don't need a big faith. They're blessed By simple faith. And one day they'll be able to say, I know the faithful love that my mom has for Jesus. And that faithful love for Jesus has encouraged my love for Jesus. It was in my personal testimony, which I don't share much of my personal life, just because this isn't about me. But it's my mom with six children, a, ba- a dad who was 
in full-time vocational ministry who was gone quite a bit, working quite a bit, it was my mom who taught me how to work. It was my mom who taught me how to cry and pray. It was my mom who taught me the importance of being in church and singing. Even when I didn't want to sing, my mom would always sing. It was my mom who was not a great piano player, but would sit down almost every day and pick at songs on the piano. It was my mom who loved and served her family. Say, what message did she preach? She preached the gospel in those ordinary moments to me. Number three, a legendary mother centers on the word. We go from 2 Timothy 1 over to 2 Timothy 3. We find some familiar words that Paul said there to Timothy, reminding him of the importance of God's word. He says in 2 Timothy 3, he says this to Timothy, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing whom thou hast learned them. Now stop for just a moment. We might be tempted to think Paul's talking about himself to Timothy. But Paul's not simply referring to himself. It might be in some small way, but I want you to notice what verse 15 tells. Because verse 15 tells us who Paul's talking about. That Timothy had learned some things and he needs to be sure of who he learned them from. And in verse 15, Paul says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul is telling Timothy, not only did, was Eunice a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, not only did she have a sincere faith, but Paul's words here to Timothy are that from a child, Timothy, and the, the, the language there would be, when you were just a young one, Timothy, your mom taught you the Scriptures. Eunice taught you the scriptures. Lois taught you the scriptures. Your grandmother taught you the scriptures. And Paul is telling Timothy, you need, you, you've learned these things. You learned them from your mom. There's no notation of who's Paul, who Timothy's pastor was in Lystra. We don't know who taught him Sunday school. We know that Timothy was discipled by his mom. By his mom. And Paul says, Continue in what you learned from your mom. Continue what you heard. That's the same scriptures you heard from, a ch from your childhood. Paul or Timothy, keep going. Tim Challies said this. He said, Timothy had the privilege of being raised in a home that was distinguished by a commitment to scripture. Listen very carefully. Please hear me. Moms, I understand your heart is to give your children everything. Hear me but you can't. So you're going to have to pick what the somethings are that you give. And can I encourage you to make at least one of the somethings this. Give your children a focus on the Scriptures. You can't give them everything. There's no human way possible for that. What you can give them in your home is you can give them the scriptures that you could say like, like Timothy, man, from a young child, I heard the scriptures. I heard it at home. I heard it at church. I heard it wherever we went. Dad talked about it. Mom talked about it. And so when your children grow up, they could say, boy, I heard it. And you might be here today and go, my children are getting older and they're, they're no longer little ones. Can I just say, start now. Start now. 
Start making your home. Have the, the scriptures to be a part. Read for them a simple psalm at night. Quote for them a, a passage in the morning, but center your home on the scripture. It's one of the greatest privileges we can give our children. What a blessed gift for Timothy. Could you imagine Timothy standing in the city of Ephesus by all indication? He's a younger man. When I say younger, he's probably 40. (laughs) I'm 40. If you missed that joke, I'm 40, all right? Hope you catch it at lunch today. He's a young man. I could imagine Timothy standing up and saying to the audience there in Ephesus, the scripture I'm going to read for you, I remember my mom reading this to me when I was a child. What a blessed privilege that is. What more of a blessed gift, mom, that you could give your children than to, than to give your children a home that is centered on Scripture. They don't need to be a preacher like Timothy, unless that's what God calls them to. But it would be a gift to our children to say that my mom, my parents, have been reading and teaching me Scripture for as long as I can remember. And I could go around this room and I could, I could talk to so many who could say that from a child, my mom taught me the Holy Scriptures. And you would know it's one of the greatest blessings you were ever given in this life. Because there's power in God's Word. I want to remind you, Mom, that there's power in God's Word. When your words can only go so far. The scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and can go deeper than anything that you could ever say. That the Holy Spirit takes God's word. Why? Because as Hebrews 4 says, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing even to the dividing, dividing asunder of soul and spirit to the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When you wonder if your words can get to the heart of your child, Scripture gets to the heart of our children. We want our children to have faith, so what do we need to do? We want them to have faith in Christ. We want them to have faith in in the author of life. Romans 10 says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You see, for them to have faith, there must be a centeredness on, on the word. We want them to have guidance through their life, so can I remind you of what Psalm 119 says? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We want them to be cared for and have every need that they could ever imagine given to them. It was Jesus who said, after, as he's being tempted by the devil, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. We want our children. I don't think any parent ever says, I, I tell my kids, can I just tell you the one rule that I have for my children? I think I'm allowed to say this in church. I tell my children, I, I have one, one rule for you. Follow Jesus and don't be weird. (laughs) Now forgive me if that is offensive. I tell my kids, I've been telling them that for years. Here's why I say that. Because they're still weird. I'm just kidding. They're over here, so I had to say that to them. I want my children to follow Jesus. You know how they're to do so? Jesus said in John 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So a legendary mom centers on God's word. Now, I've given you three statements here, but I told you I, I want to I give you some gospel. When I say I want to give you the gospel, you might have even heard those three statements and thought, boy, I'm struggling at all this. I, I'm just trying. Pastor, I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm doing all I can do, but I, clearly it's not enough. And I know that almost every mom has that feeling 
or the feeling of, I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. Can I, can I give you the gospel for a moment? Here's the gospel for a message like this. A legendary mother doesn't seek to be legendary, but she desires for Christ to be the hero of her life and her children's life. I wish I could flesh that out for you, but to every mom in here, can I tell you that you would put an unnecessary pressure even on your own children if you ask your children to give you what only Jesus can give you. Your children can't be a redeemer. Your children can't be a savior. Your children can't satisfy your every want. Your children can't accomplish every goal. For us to put that pressure on our children is crushing to them. But who can handle that pressure? Jesus can. Jesus can. And so as moms and as parents, our desire is not to make our children our heroes, but to live our life with Jesus as our hero and allowing then our children, hear me, to make Jesus their hero. Don't get me wrong. In my pride and in my selfishness, I would love for my children one day to say, Dad, you're my hero. But what, hear me, what an ultimate letdown that might be. But if my children said, Dad, you're my hero, but Jesus is my real hero. Hey, Mom, you're my hero, but Jesus is the real hero, then I will know that I have, by God's grace, accomplished my goal. I want to encourage you today. Regardless of what is told you by this culture, the Bible never tells you that God wants you to be legendary at anything. The Bible never says it. Who's the legendary one? The story of Scripture is about, is about God. It is about God. It is about His Son, Jesus Christ. It is about His Holy Spirit as the triune God who is the exalted one. It is He who is the legendary one. It is He who is the hero of Scripture. And all of Scripture points us to Him. And so, Mom... There's so much pressure in the normal day in and day out of your life that whatever Facebook and Instagram and mom blogs tell you to do to focus on, hear me, Scripture tells you that your focus can be on Christ and you can mother your children as you lift your eyes to Jesus. Submitting to His Lordship, Jesus is the hero both of your life and of your children's lives. I told you. I told you, a remark like that is so counter what you might hear in this culture. There's different scenarios in our room today. You might, be a, you might have listened to me and you say, Pastor, I'm older now, and none of those statements define my, and describe my mom. As I told you, there's many hearts in here, that, many, many ladies in here with broken hearts who would love to be a mom. Let me speak to a few of these the best I can today, and we'll be done in just a couple minutes. Number one, can I just say to you, if God gave you a mom that was in any way like Eunice, rejoice in his will. If God gave you a mom that in any way looked like Eunice in Scripture, rejoice. This is a grace that was indescribable. 
And if God gave you this, it doesn't make you better than anyone. It's a reminder to you of the kindness of God that is given to the undeserving. And if that's you, rejoice in God's will. Number two. And I know that what I'm going to say seems insufficient, but if God did not give you a mother like Eunice, if God did not give you a mother like Eunice, here's my encouragement to you. Rest in his will. Rest in his will. I don't know why he didn't. It's beyond my pay grade to tell you why God has allowed anything he's allowed. All I can encourage you to do is to rest in his will. That God was doing something God was using your mom in whatever situation to, to bring you to this place. If I would ask you if God had given you a mom like Eunice, are you certain that you would even be where you are in this moment today? And so the only appropriate response to the difficulties that many face is to rest in God's will. And even through the difficulties, God is good and God is, is being glorified. Number three, listen very carefully, please. If God has not yet made you a mother, rely on his will. There's so many directions I could go with that. There's so many different directions I could go with that. If God has not yet made you a mother, rely on his will. There are some of the, these are some of the most painful moments in an adult woman's life. A single young lady who wants to be married. Wants to be a mom more than anything but it's not come about yet. Can I just say in our church family, if this is you and your heart is hurting today, can I just tell you that our hearts hurt with you? I don't claim to understand. I don't claim to know how it is. I don't have any experience other than to tell you that our hearts break with you. Can I also encourage you that in the waiting moments, in the waiting, tear-filled, painful moments of hoping to be a mom soon, can I encourage you to try your very best to be a spiritual Eunice to the children in our church? Can I encourage you in that? Lastly, if God has allowed you to be a mother and you're a mom today, whatever stage of being a mom you're in, can I encourage you to respond to God's will? What would that look like? What is God's will for every mom in here? For every mom who is listening today, this is God's will according to Scripture. Number one, that you'd believe on Jesus Christ as your Savior. That you'd believe on Christ. That is God's will. Number two, that you'd trust God's sovereignty in your child's life. Let God be God in your child's life. Listen, you, are just, you have the blessing of being mom. You don't have to be God. You don't deserve that pressure. You get to be mom. Don't try to be God. Trust God's sovereignty in your child's life. You may be, you may be anxious. You may be worried. You may be stressed. You may be concerned about your adult children. You may be concerned about your young children. Trust God's sovereignty in your child's life. Number three, to all the moms, by the grace of the Spirit, grow a sincere and unfeigned faith. By the grace of the Spirit, grow a sincere and unfeigned faith. I didn't tell you to be perfect. I can tell you to have a, a great faith, a strong faith, but by God's grace, grow a sincere faith. Number five, center your parenting on God's word. You say, Dustin, I don't really know what to do with that. Just open it and say, I'm going to read for you this verse tonight before bed. Bring them to church where they hear it. 
Get them around people who will tell them God's word. Lastly, no matter what, rest. Rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. When we say that, what do we mean? Listen very carefully and we're done. What do we, what do we mean when we say rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ? We mean this. Your greatest need, your greatest need was the need for your sin to be cared for. Your greatest need, hear me, was not to be a mom. Your greatest need was a savior. And listen, if Jesus is your savior, then your greatest need has been satisfied. You get to leave today with that pressure totally off you and all the way on Jesus. And what you get to do, what you are enabled to do by the finished work of Christ is you're enabled to just be mom who loves and serves and prays and cares for. You don't have to be awesome because Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Jesus is awesome. You don't have to be legendary. Jesus is legendary. You just get, hear me, and please know that I say this in the highest regard. You get to be mom. And whenever your child-rearing days are over, and those kids go off to college, I told my wife, I am so ready. I'm ready. If my son could get into college at nine, I'd send him. Oh, please don't be offended by me. I'm joking. I can't, my wife and I can't wait to not be woken up at three in the morning. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Miss Gore. I'm kidding. Here's what I mean, though. When, when our days of rearing our children are beyond, behind us, and there's another wonderful season ahead of us, whatever that is, can I just say this? I might feel like the biggest failure. You know what, I, you know what though? Jesus loves big failures. I might feel like I totally bombed it. You know what? Jesus loves those who totally bomb it. I might feel like I totally failed my kids. And you know the truth is? The truth is, Jesus loves people who totally fail. I can rest and so can you in the finished work of Christ. Let Jesus be the hero. Let Jesus be legendary. You just point your children to him. Let's pray. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at ravenswoodbaptist.org. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of Ravenswood, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Chicago and around the world.